We've all heard it said that if you're not living on the edge, you're simply not living. Well, as an outdoorsman, I can tell you if you're not living on the edge, you're not as successful as you could be. We're going to talk about edges and more on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. All right, guys, Chad Lachance here. Appreciate you tuning in to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Um, this topic is something that I feel like is very much universal. It applies to a lot of stuff. So if you're tuning in, you might not even be an angler or a hunter and, uh, and get information from this podcast because it's a major concept that I've studied for a long time. And uh, it's, it applies to the natural world, uh, every, almost every aspect of, uh, of the natural world. And that is the concept of edges. So to dive right into it, Edges, obviously, are exactly what they're defined as, where two different things come together. Um, why I say it's such a giant topic and such an underlying principle in everything out there is it applies to mankind all the way down to ants and everywhere in between. The edges are an important thing. And if you really look at it, to, to, to make you feel good about it, the, the easy way to look at it is to look at how humans live. Humans, if you look at where population is concentrated around the country, and let's just look at the United States, the bulk of the population is on the coasts, on one side or the other. Well, the coast is a giant edge, right, where the ocean and the continent come together. Big time edge. Another place you'll see people stacked up, especially if you're a Colorado-based guy like me, um, the Front Range of Colorado. Again, it's the edge of the Rocky Mountains, up against the Great Plains, and it's a major edge right there. Uh, the concept of edges are so important because, and why it's stuck in my brain right now a lot, because I've been out scouting for deer, and uh, deer season's coming up here in Colorado, and I've been out scouting for deer and looking around, and I don't have to glass everything. I only have to glass the edges of everything, and I've got a high percentage chance of getting uh, getting my deer located for scouting season. I don't have to scout at, you know, the whole fields. All I need to do is look at all the edges of the fields. When you watch them travel, more often than not, they're going to travel edges. When you watch them feeding, they're going to feed down edges of fields in a lot of cases. Uh, the edge concept applies to fishing so much so that it's one of the most important things that I do when it comes to locating fish as I head for edges. Edges can be a lot of different things. Uh, let's look at some of the common ones for fishing. So edge really could be a transition line of any kind. It's, it doesn't have to be a, a specific kind of edge. So when I throw out all these edges, they're, they're just the ones that I play with on a regular basis. But what you're really looking for when you're out on the water or in the field for that matter is anywhere that two different things come together. It could be different bottom contact, could be different watercolor, could be, or bottom content, I should say, or watercolor, or it could be two different temperatures where you've noticed a big temperature swing in a short period of time in your boat. Uh, it could be a lighting transition. A shade line is a classic edge. Uh, it could also be the structure itself. Cover being what's on the structure. The structure itself would be the floor of the lake or the river. The ditches, uh, the 
you know, whatever, whatever defines the structure in your particular lake, the ditches being a classic one, the foot of the dam, the edges of the dam, one side or the other of the dam, all very, very good edges. When you start getting at the smaller, more micro edges, let's just say, it could be things like the edge of a boat ramp or the edge of a concrete you know, a retaining wall or uh, any kind of a hard structure like that that will make all the difference in the world that'll hold fish or get fish to, to school or feed there. But the edges, the concept of it is really something that if you, if you really look at it, it really it gets easier and easier to break down bodies of water or fields for that matter. So let's, how would we break down an edge? What if you have a great big edge? Well, geez, I could have an edge that's five miles long. What do I do with that? It's a shoreline. It's five miles long. That's one big edge all the way around your lake. The shoreline, the littoral zone of the lake is the, is the biggest edge in the whole lake. Well, how do I narrow it down? Anything that bisects that edge, particularly if it's another edge. So a classic example of that would be what I just started to mention, the dam. The, say a riprap dam. The, the dam's 100 miles, 100 yards long, 200 yards long. The end of the dam, one end or the other, where that rock transitions to the natural bank is going to form a classic edge right there. That's going to be a good place to fish. If you're talking about a straight mud bank that goes all the way down, there's no edges to it. You say, oh, it's just mud. It's all the way. But the first place that there's something different on the bottom that comes up against that edge of the mud, you're going to find fish there. I can almost guarantee you that. It's going to be very, very important that you find those edges because if you don't, you're going to make a lot of casts to marginally projective water. Now, before I go any farther into this, I want to point out that just because fish and game like the edges a lot, it doesn't mean that's the only place you're going to find them. Obviously, we've all seen deer feeding out in the middle of a field or we've caught fish in you know, open water or whatever the case might be. But those edges are how you narrow down your places to fish. I can't fish all of it on any given day. In any sort of a reasonable sized body of water, you can't fish all of it in a day. So how do I choose what parts I'm going to fish? It doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter the species. It doesn't matter the type of water I'm on. It doesn't matter any of that. What matters is still the edges are going to be more important. And even more than that, anything that bisects those edge is going to be really important. I mentioned in the very beginning of this that the front range of Colorado, if you've been to Colorado, it's flat, 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 and then all of a sudden mountains, all on one big edge, runs north-south down the whole length of the state. That edge is where everybody congregates. Well, but if you take it the next step, where people really congregate, where population really congregates, is where that edge is bisected by something else. Uh, in the case of Colorado, that's the river. When the river comes down out of the mountains and cuts that edge on the front range, that is where everybody concentrates. The Platte River runs through Denver. The Arkansas River runs through Pueblo. The Poudre River runs through Fort Collins. Those are the major uh, population centers up and down the front range. All of them is where that edge is bisected by a river coming out. Am I saying that fish and people act the same? No, but I'm saying that Mother Nature applies the same principles to a lot of things that she built and however you look at that. And so I can tell you that you're going to find more game and more diversity of game where that river um, bisects the mountains. I can tell you that. And I can also tell you that along the edges of that river up in the mountains, you're going to find a higher percentage of wildlife as well so the concept of the edge is, is 
basically all-encompassing, so to speak. But when you go to break them down, when you're, when, you're, when you're on the water and you're looking at them, some of them will not seem to be as obvious as others. And I rattled off a list of them in the beginning, but the classic one for me beside, is the bottom content, right? So either riprap coming to gravel or mud transitioning to rock or concrete transitioning to you know the natural bank to... Um, Anything like that, any change in the bottom content of the lake is a really good place to fish. Same thing with weed lines. You get big, giant, vast weed beds of elodia grass or hydrilla or whatever the case might be, but it's the edges of that grass that's your highest percentage spots to fish. So it can be overwhelming when you look at a giant patch of, of lily pads and say, well, where in these lily pads are going to be the fish? Well, they could be on the edges, on the outside edges of the lily pads. They could be on any opening in the lily pads where there's an edge of open water in the middle of the lily pads. They could be in there very well. They could be where a weed line or a submerged edge comes in and joins those lily pads. It's a very classic example of a good place to fish, particularly for bass or pike. Um, the junction of two or three different weeds coming together will typically form an edge. That's a really good spot to fish. Uh, another really good edge that involves uh, cover on a, on a reservoir is a line of flooded brush. That's a really good one. Willows, uh, western reservoirs fluctuate up and down. A lot of times, even on my home lake here, the willows will flood. The fish will pile into the edges of those willows. They don't go all the way back into, the, into a whole big area of it that floods. They stay on that outside edge most of the time. And the reason they believe that they do that is that gives them the best access to deep water. So it's where the deep water butts up against the cover, and that's where the fish like to sit. That edge right there is where the fish like to sit. Now, at 2 o'clock in the morning, they might run up into the real shallow water 50 yards behind those willows and feed, but most of the time when they're resting up during the day, when you're out there fishing, they're going to be in that outside edge of those weeds. And so you can fill those willows. And you can just concentrate on that and go right down the willows, work in that outside edge, have a good shot at catching some fish. A less obvious one, but equally important one to bottom content can be uh, water clarity. And this is something that anyone that's spent a lot of time fishing in the open ocean knows how important it can be. Uh, you'll find an area where nice, clear, blue water will butt up against some sort of cloudy tidal water that's coming out of some river somewhere or tidal marsh, some estuary, whatever. That edge of water color change is a really, really good spot to fish. And as soon as you get 50 yards one way or the other from that water color change, you don't catch as many fish, whether you go into the shaded water or the clear water. Very same situation happens on a reservoir from a mud line where a boats go by or the wind stirs the muddy bank and all those particulates come out into the water and they're in the typically in the top, say, two feet of the water column in the very beginning. Now I have a horizontal edge underneath it, for one. I've got overhanging cover that forms an edge underneath it where it's clear water and then I've got cloudy water above the fish. They'll sit right there. The other thing they'll sit on is the outside edge. So the edge where the clear water from the lake comes up against that muddy water from the mud line. And mud lines, incidentally, are at their best when they first start forming because they're more concentrated. The edges of them are very sharp. And that what that means is also the fish will recognize that scenario and move into there and feed right away. By the time that mud line's been going for a period of time, 
It will disperse through the water column. The edge of it will be less defined on the outside as well as underneath it, and the fish will be uh, less inclined to be in there. You have missed the window in that situation. But a mud line is an excellent edge, a very common one that will make a big difference. Uh, a temperature edge is a big one, and usually I see that one, at least in, in inland waterways, with inflowing water. So for instance, my home reservoir, uh, it, it's fed, I've lived at Horsetooth Reservoir. If you guys are listening, you're familiar with Colorado. I live on the edge of Horsetooth Reservoir. Ha ha, see what I did there? I got an edge in there. I live right on the edge of the water. And just for the record, it's no uh, no shocker that the most sought after real estate is where the water and land come together inland, same as it is on the coast. People want to naturally be on that edge. And, uh, and that's no different here in real estate in Colorado. If you're a real estate investor, invest in the edges and you'll do well. Uh, back to my normal uh, stuff here on the podcast. The, the thing here at Horsetooth Reservoir with the temperature is the water that flows in is coming underground from uh, basically the western slope of Colorado. And I'll spare you the whole rundown. But effectively, it comes through the Rocky Mountains under the Continental Divide and then runs through a pipe, a great big pipe that you can drive a Jeep through and runs in and fills my reservoir. Well, that water coming in is often quite a bit colder than the water in the reservoir, and it will form a pretty good edge where the water in the reservoir is, say, 70 degrees, 65 degrees, and the water coming out of that pipe's 50 degrees, and somewhere in a 50-yard period, there will be an edge where the two waters go together, where the two temperature range come together. If you get too far in, it's too cold. If you get too far out, it's the same temperature as the rest of the lake, you find that sweet spot where the temperature is just right, the edge of the cold and the warm water, and you can load the boat in a hurry. And I'll give you some insight on doing that. You need to move your boat slowly as you work into the colder water uh, when you're doing that. Any sort of inflow of an inlet, any reservoir you fish, you need to move the boat slowly and give your temperature, uh, your graphs, time to read and display that difference in temperature. It's not as quick as you might think. If you move in there quickly, you might not realize that there's as much of a change in temperature as there is. But if you find that sweet spot where, say, the inflowing water's 50, the water in the lake's 65, well, you find that spot where the water's, you know, 59 to 60 degrees, and lo and behold, every walleye in the lake is sitting right there because they're very comfortable uh, and that, that's temperature range. And so also it will draw bait fish in the same way. So that edge of temperatures is a really good one. One that's very obvious uh, and is a constantly moving edge is shade lines. Shade lines are one of my favorite things to fish for any sort of an ambush feeder. Um, the edge of a shade where the shade and the, and the sun come together is a fantastic place to fish uh, all the time. It doesn't really matter what time of day, as long as there's a good shade line, I'm going to at least take a chance at, at fishing it. And in that scenario, depending on what's making that shade line, fishing further back into the shade during the heat of the day or the highest sun might be uh, a key thing. But as the shade line gets tighter and tighter and smaller and smaller, the fish will get up against that edge of it and stay in there as long as you can. And that can be very, very important. And I can talk about edges, by the way, until I'm blue in the face and all these different ones that you can that you define. And, and I think you guys have gotten the point at this point of what we're looking for. We're looking for a transition line of two different things, not a spot, but a line, two different things coming together. But how you fish that to, to put this, some application into this can be completely different. There are times 
when fishing parallel with your edge is is the easiest way to fish or most productive way to fish. Um, and I want to point out the easiest way to fish and most productive are not always the same. The fishing parallel with it, meaning say this, say this is a shade line, throwing my lure to retrieve straight down the shade line, right parallel with the edge, it can be a really good deal. But a lot of the time, you say, well, my bait's in the strike zone the whole time. Well, yes, that's true. But a lot of the time, your prey, your predator fish can be triggered a little easier by bisecting the edge. In other words, throwing your lure into the shade and retrieving it into the sun, or conversely, throwing it into the sun and retrieving it into the shade. Same thing with a mud line. You can pull up next to a mud line, and how you fish that mud line in terms of the angles, and we've done whole podcasts on angles, how you address that edge in terms of the angles that you uh, cast can make all the difference in the world and it can change over the course of time when the mud line's really defined when it first gets going and it's really defined it's got a real distinct edge on it maybe you're better to go ahead and throw parallel down that edge but then once it gets looser and the, the, the sediment starts to disperse into the water column well then maybe you need to throw back up into that muddy water and retrieve out into the clear water because other things being equal the fish are sight feeders they will locate your bait better in the clear water, but they have confidence in the stained water uh, because they don't have the, the threat. It's basically cover for the fish, and so that can be an important thing. I want to throw out one, one quick thing about that, though. If water is too muddy, fish won't get in it at all, and then you really need to focus on the edges. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's an irritant to their gills or what, but we've all fished bass in extremely muddy water uh, or trout in mud up, runny you know, uh, runoff situations, it gets all muddy, not their favorite scenario to be in. And I think it's because they're sight feeders. Uh, it may irritate their gills some. I'm not entirely sure. But I just know that when water's too muddy, it's not that good. And that's that's when I'm for sure going to fish the edges of it if I have that available to me, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to, to plunder, so to speak. Um, another thing about edges can be really important is you may need to actually contact the edge to do well. And if you think about the bottom of the lake and the top of the lake as the biggest edges on the lake, right? The surface is the biggest edge on the lake. The bottom is also, I guess, would theoretically be the even bigger edge because it's not straight. And then the shoreline all the way around. So those are the three edges that define the lake in general. So a lot of the time, fishing on the very bottom of the lake, which is the edge of water and dirt, uh, is a really good call. So when I say a bottom content edge uh, changes, so I've got the, the bottom itself, which is a, an edge of water to dirt, like I just said. Then you have a rock you know, transition, let's say, or you have a weed line on that bottom. Well, again, that's where edges are bisecting each other. They're forming an X, and an X marks the spot where you want to fish at that point. Um, when I go to dissect edges, for me, I'll make three casts in, in one angle, three at an opposite angle, and then three at, a, at another angle altogether. So, Maybe one's 45 degrees to the edge, maybe one's 90 degrees to the edge, and the other one's zero degrees or parallel with the edge. So by doing that and doing it systematically, I can figure out my retrieve angles pretty quick and figure out which way is my best way to get bit. And I would love to tell you that there's a standard answer for it, but there's just not. And, and some of that's because I fish multi-species. So for instance, I was at Lake Powell one time, 
And if you threw up in the shade of the edge, there were the big giant cliffs were making, uh, you know, big sheer bluff walls that stick up, you know, 100 feet above the, above the water. And they were making hard shade lines. And if you threw up in the shade on the backside of the edge and retrieved out, you would catch stripers as soon as the crankbait came out into the open water and popped into the sunny water, bam, the stripers would grab it right away. But if I kept the boat in the shade of that big giant cliff and threw out into the sun and retrieved into the shade, I could catch big smallmouth. So the two different species had a different uh, mindset of how they were going to use that edge to their advantage. The most important thing that you as a listener need to take into this is that two completely different predatory fish, completely unrelated fish, were using the same edge, and they were eating the same shad that were also using that edge, but what it took to get them to bite was totally different. And I fished that lake on that particular trip for three straight days, and that pattern held up all the way around the lake. The retrieve angle pattern to the shade lines, everywhere I went, held up exactly the same. If I threw in the shade and retrieved into the sun, I would catch stripers one after the other. Get the other way around, retrieve into the shade, you'd catch big smallies and no stripers. So it was very clear to me how the scenario was playing out with the different fish there. Why they go that way, I have no idea. I would love to tell you, but I have no idea. I've seen the same thing with fish setting up inside of an edge or on an edge or outside of an edge, different species congregating that way as well. Uh, that's been a big one that I've seen commonly with channels. You think of a channel running on the bottom, it has two edges, right? You've got a channel on the bottom of a reservoir. It's got the edge of the left and the right side of it. Let's say your boat sit in the middle of that channel. You've got the top and the bottom edge. And the sharper those edges are, the better off you are uh, as far as the more defined those edges are. So if the bottom is, let's say it's an old reservoir and the bottom just generally rolls gently into the ditch, or the channel, well, that's not gonna be as good of an edge as if you've got a hard bottom on that reservoir that forms a distinct drop right at that edge. And I can name a slew of places that have that, but there's a really good one at a place called Boyd Lake that I'm familiar with that I guided on for years, don't currently, but we did for years. Uh, a real hard edge channel, it was man-made dug, and it's got a distinct 90 degree, I mean, when you look at a cross section of it, it's almost 90 degrees. The, the bottom is flat, and then it just drops 90 degrees to, form the, to start forming that channel. The largemouth bass stack right on that edge. They sit right on the edge, and they don't, you don't catch them up on the flat, you don't catch them in the ditch itself, you catch them right on the edge of that ditch commonly. The walleyes, on the other hand, are on the bottom edge of the ditch where, the, where that drop-off hits the bottom. You most commonly catch walleyes down there. So the smallmouth are sitting on the, or the largemouth are sitting on the top where the, where the main bottom of the reservoir just rolls into the ditch. The walleyes are sitting at the bottom where the ditch flattens out. It's a man-made ditch. It's got square sides. The walleyes sit right at the bottom of it. The crappies suspend on the, or on the vertical side of the ditch of the edge. So if I want to catch crappies, I sit right on the edge, throw a head of the boat, and retrieve something very, very subtle, and I can catch crappies. If you want to catch walleyes, you put something on the bottom at the very foot of the drop-off, and you drag it along, and you will catch walleyes more often than not. And if you want to catch the largemouth, you don't fish the ditch itself at all. You fish the very top edge of the ditch, and lo and behold, they sit on there a bunch. And I think what happens when the weather changes, all the fish pile into the ditch, or when the water level starts to drop, and they'll use that ditch to get in and out of there. 
But when they set up in that area, they set up on those ditches. And these days with the, with the real-time live sonar, forward-facing sonar, I probably should go record some video of it because it's so distinct how the fish sit in relation to that hard edge that's bisecting the bottom of the lake. It's a very, very clear indicator. Uh, weed edges, we talk about submerged weed edges. Submerged weed edges very commonly by retrieving from the clean and into the weeds, I can catch better largemouth. By throwing in the weeds and retrieving out, I can catch better smallmouth. It's almost like the smallmouth run the edge just looking for what might come out of there, whereas the largemouth sit you know, five feet inside the weed line in the weeds themselves. And, but they don't get in the whole big field of weeds. They're all stacked up on the outside edge of that, of that weed line. So the more defined an edge is, all other things being equal, the better off you are as an angler or a hunter for that matter. A field edge, a fence row is a classic example. If anyone's ever hunted deer, you watch whitetail walk right down a fence row or a mule deer walk right down a fence row. Uh, very, very classic scenario. So the more defined an edge is, the better off you're going to be as an outdoorsman when you approach that edge. The biggest thing to keep in mind as an angler, since this is a fishing podcast, I should really keep it focused on that. But like I said, guys, I've got deer hunting on the brain, and I mean, fish meat's basically a vegetable. Sometimes you got to have some protein. It comes from red meat, so we shoot deer. But as an angler, the biggest thing you got to keep in mind is you can't just assume that a cast on one angle on any given edge is going to be the right deal. You definitely need to mix your angles up. And, you, and if you're interested in angles and my thoughts on angles, go look at that podcast. You can look it up. Uh, it's between the concept of casting angles and edges, you can catch 90% of the fish out there. It's not about a secret lure or anything else. Everyone always asks about the lures, but they never ask about the cover or they never ask about the edges and they never ask about the casting angles. And after 20 years of, of being a guide and 15 years of being a TV show host, no one ever asked me what angles I was throwing or what kind of edges I was fishing. And that's unfortunate for them because they'd get better information. But Focus on your angles when you're working edges. Focus on the different kinds of edges. Keep an open mind as to what forms an edge. Like I said, it could be water temperature, it could be water color. It's not just a, a bottom content thing, which is the one everybody thinks about. You know, The edge of the boat ramp is one of my favorite absolute edges to just because you mess with people. Uh, people think the fish leave the boat ramp. They don't, but they congregate really heavily on the edges of it. Another good one being a roadbed, things like that. So just keep an open mind as to what forms an edge and understand that all sorts of fish and game use them. And I think you guys will catch a lot of fish uh, by, by doing that. So I appreciate you joining us on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Hopefully you are inspired enough to listen to some of our other podcasts and subscribe. That would be wonderful. Also, there's more than 500 videos on our YouTube channel. It's a labor of love. We post videos weekly, uh, typically a couple of them. And so we'd love to have you subscribe to that. And of course, uh, our social media at Fishful Tanker on Facebook and Instagram and uh, Altitude Sports Entertainment and World Fishing Network. Both we are airing multiple days a week on both those networks. So check it out if you want to see what we're up to on film. So we appreciate you tuning in to this episode and uh, look forward to joining you next week on Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Thank you.